Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by China. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. This week, we have a very sporty-themed podcast. We have important news on one of China's biggest football clubs. We have people calling foul on the environmental engineer who supposedly filed hundreds of environmental impact reports a day. And we have winners and losers as President Xi declared total victory in China's campaign to eradicate absolute poverty, while a Chinese coal company reported losses for the first time in four years. Without wanting to go into overtime, here is your news. Reigning Chinese Super League champions Jiangsu FC has ceased operations and is poised to collapse after its heavily indebted title sponsor, electronics retailer Suning.com, dropped them. The club said Sunday it would cease operations without giving further details, just as Suning.com announced a $2.3 billion state-led bailout that will hand over nearly a quarter of the company to financing vehicles controlled by the government of the Guangdong province metropolis of Shenzhen. There is international speculation that the Jiangsu FC might not be the only fallout of Suning's financial woes. In 2016, the company acquired 70% of Inter Milan for $306 million, and its subsidiary, PPTV, has a television contract with the English Premier League, meaning there might be more ripple effects to come in the world of football. Chinese scientists have discovered that a milder but harder-to-detect mutation of the African swine fever virus has been spreading in China, posing new challenges to the prevention and control of the highly infectious disease which swept the country in 2018, causing millions of pigs to be slaughtered and inflation to rise. Researchers from the Harbin Veterinary Institute said they had documented new strains of the disease and warned that the mutations might already be prevalent among pig populations in the field. China's economic recovery continued last month, but at a slightly slower clip, as the expansion in manufacturing activity was the weakest since May 2020, a Caixin-sponsored survey showed. The Caixin China General Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, which gives an independent snapshot of the country's manufacturing sector, 
fell to 50.9 in February from 51.5 the previous month, according to a report published Monday. The breakdown of the PMI showed that both supply and demand in the manufacturing sector rose less rapidly, with backlogs of work for manufacturers decreasing for the first time in nine months, a sign of weak demand. As regular listeners to the show already know, a PMI number of over 50 indicates expansion, while a number under 50 indicates contraction. China has achieved total victory in its campaign to eradicate absolute poverty, President Xi Jinping declared last Thursday, bringing the curtain down on a signature policy of the last decade. Addressing a government conference in Beijing to mark the occasion, Xi said China's efforts to alleviate extreme poverty in the last eight years had brought about a human miracle that will illuminate the annals of history. Some 99 million rural people, 832 counties, and 128,000 rural villages are no longer impoverished according to government standards, Xi said. The Australian-based Yen Coal Australia Limited, an overseas arm of Chinese state-owned coal supplier Yenzhou Coal Mining, reported its first annual loss in four years after revenue plunged in the wake of the pandemic and the resulting economic slowdown. For 2020, the company swung into the red, making an annual loss of $800 million compared to a profit of over $540 million in 2019, while revenue slid 22% year-on-year to $2.69 billion. The losses are thought to be in part due to Sino-Australian tensions, and in a statement, Yen Cole said it aims to diversify its customer base in India, Pakistan, and South America in response to difficult market conditions partly attributable to the geopolitical challenges between Australia and China. Fraud suspicions swirl after an engineer filed over 1,600 environmental impact reports in just four months. China's government has launched a review after a conservation group raised the alarm over how so many reports bearing the credentials of a single environmental impact assessment, EIA engineer, could be submitted to authorities in such a short period of time. The news deepens fears of deep-rooted fraud in China's EIA sector and raises the prospect that some projects have more significant adverse impacts on the environment and human health than have been disclosed to the government. And lastly, on a happier note, Chinese social media has fallen in love with Beijing-born Zhao Ting, also known as Chloe Zhao, who won the Golden Globe for Best Director and Best Picture with Nomadland. The hashtag Zhao Ting wins best director at Golden Globes has been seen over 170 million times and commented on by thousands. The historic best director win for Zhao, 38, sees the filmmaker become the first Asian and only the second ever woman to win the prestigious award, which kicks off the U.S. movie award season. Zhao is the stepdaughter of the famous actress Sung Dandan and the hashtag Sung Dandan congratulates her daughter on her Golden Globe Awards, also made the top of the most viewed list on the social media site Weibo, with Sung saying, quote, My precious, I really don't know how to congratulate you. With every award, you exceed our expectations and make us extremely happy. If you are listening, Zhao Ting, I think it's fair to say that we are all very proud of you here at both Caixin and Seneca, too. Let's turn now to Caixin Global reporter Tang Ziyi, 
who covers business and finance to talk about a big story she worked on. Welcome back, Z. Hello, Kaiser. So I understand you recently worked on a story about one of China's e-commerce giants that found itself in quite the scandal. Uh, this is about Pinduoduo. And for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with the company, perhaps you could first say a few words about who they are and what makes them different from the other major players in the e-commerce space that people are more familiar with. Yeah, uh, I think a big difference between Pinduoduo and other Chinese e-commerce giants is its business model. Pinduoduo was founded in 2015 and went public on Nasdaq in 2018. And so the Shanghai-based company made its name using a team purchase model that combines social elements with traditional online shopping. So um, that means Pinduoduo offers consumers steep discounts if they invite friends and relatives to form a team together to shop. Uh, I should add that this model targets the ultra-low end of the markets, which is sizable in China's many smaller cities filled with less affluent consumers. Um, and this approach helped Pinduoduo gain large followings in smaller cities uh, that previously tended to be somewhat neglected by other e-commerce giants such as Alibaba and JD.com. And in October 2019, Pinduoduo founder and chairman Huang Zhen, also known as Colin Huang, announced Pinduoduo's latest quarterly gross merchandise value, or GMV for short, had for the first time exceeded longtime number two JD.com. Um, for anyone not familiar, the GMV is a gauge that refers to the total value of orders placed across its online platforms. And so, uh, all in all, Pinduoduo tells one of the most successful stories in China's ultra-competitive e-commerce sector, um, though its efforts to move into higher-end market are having challenges gaining similar momentum due to its reputation as a bargain basement seller. And while Pinduoduo, as you say, may now be China's second biggest e-commerce company, it's also experiencing a PR disaster, uh, and that focuses on the human cost of Pinduoduo's success. Um, Z, what's going on there? Yeah, well, um, I think the problem is that Pinduoduo, like many other e-commerce giants, is under pressure to keep its business expanding. So um, in recent two years, companies in tech and e-commerce sectors have seen the money taps begin to run dry as economic growth has slowed. And there has also been speculation that the market would bottom out and many companies would downsize with smaller ones either going bust or forced to restructure in order to survive. Um, so um, the result is that many of the employees of these e-commerce companies must shoulder this pressure to grow. Um, tech companies have a so-called 996 work culture, which requires employees to work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week. So uh, at Pinduoduo, 
its normal working hours are from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. six days a week. Some former Pinduoduo employees have also said that the company adopted a militarized management style to improve staff's productivity. Uh, so, um, for example, the management allegedly strictly limited the amount of time employees could use to eat at work, and the management apparently also kept a measure of um, how much time workers would use to do so. And uh, on top of that, the company is also alleged to have blocked cell phone signals at the office and banned the creation of any online private employee group chats. And of course, it is worth mentioning that Pinduoduo does seem to offer attractive salaries to its employees. And this is obviously a pretty big reason why uh, so many people are willing to work there despite the high-pressure working environment. Um, but of course, the two tragic deaths of Pinduoduo employees early this year raises concerns about the impact of these demanding working conditions on the mental and physical health of employees. Um, as a reminder, in January, Pinduoduo caused an uproar after a 22-year-old female worker suddenly died after working late. And about two weeks later, a young engineer at Pinduoduo also died in a suspected suicide case. So I guess the big question is not only how is this going to play out with Pinduoduo, but really how is it going to play out with the China tech sector and its infamous 996 work culture? Um, do we have a sense of whether there's been a widening backlash and what's being done? Yeah, um, uh, in January, the Shanghai Labor Supervision Department launched an investigation into Pinduoduo's working conditions. And the department has not announced the results of the investigation yet. Um, actually, in China, according to the labor law, uh, employees can be ordered to work no more than eight hours a day and no more than 44 hours a week on average. And if employers want to extend employees' working hours, they should reach an agreement with employees and labor unions first. To protect the health of employees, employers are not allowed to extend working hours by more than three hours per day or 36 hours per month. Um, companies could be fined for breaking this rule. But um, things turn out to be a lot trickier than that. Although most Chinese internet companies have unions, um, they do not perform well. Uh, according to industry insiders, some of these unions are even set up to serve the companies, not the employees. Therefore, a labor regulator officer said that in reality, it is very hard to implement the labor law. He said that currently, it is actually very common for a worker to risk their health or even life for money. For instance, uh, some workers want to make more money and therefore are willing to work overtime. 
So um, it is very hard to say if a company is illegally extending employees' working time or the worker is taking on the extra hours by their own choice. Okay, Zi, so glad you could join us and that you could fill us in. Thank you, Kaiser. Thank you, Zi, and I look forward to having you back on the show. Yeah, see you later. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nadine Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin and Marcus Ryder of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Hear stories from Caixin Global, SubChina, and many other China-focused media outlets on the new China Stories podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Music